Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Zaren. Oh, hey. What's up, Elizabeth? You snuck up on me. I know. I just ran in here. I was was almost really late. I know. I'm sitting here filing my nails, doing nothing. But I'm glad you made it. Thank you. My shoes melted. I see that. It's it's hot out there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was hard. I got stuck. But I'm here. Good. I'm glad you made it. Listen. Yeah. You know it's ridiculous. Oh, that's what I've been waiting. I've been sitting here tapping my fingers waiting to tell Mm -hmm. you. I read this in account uh, from a flight attendant who recalled when a famous celebrity came onto a plane and joined the Mile High Club. Oh, God. And I'll give you a hint. He's a folk singer. Oh, no. Yeah. It was Art Garfunkel. (laughs) (laughs) you ready for the day he joined the mile high club according to the flight attendant quote actually i'm not ready the singer art garfunkel went into the first class bathroom with his girlfriend on a 727 during the day and when they came out everyone cheered so he went to the galley got a beer shook it up and sprayed the whole section oh my god It's so crass. <laughs> right? Everyone is showing up to be crass. <sighs> I thought you'd like that one. No, That's I, it. That's I all don't. I got for you. Did you know that my, when you play, I'm going to give this away now. Sure. When you play 20 questions, uh-huh. a really good thing to pick is Art Garfunkel. Why? People, it takes a long time for people to get there. Oh, maybe I haven't questions. played 20 questions in a long time. Why yeah. would that be a hard I don't know, one? but it's like no one really, it takes. It takes a long time for people to get to Art Garfunkel. Oh, that's true. That's that a, and Art prosthetic leg. That. Those are my two, <laughs> those ones? are my go-to leg? 20 questions. <laughs> I'm never playing with I you. I know, you shouldn't. Okay, so that's ridiculous. Thank Art, you. Art Garfunkel Joining the, the Mile High Club. Yeah, yeah. and uh, whatever. Okay, I got a <laughs> brain bleach. Um, that's ridiculous, but you know what else is ridiculous? <laughs> yes, no, please tell me. <laughs> Being a human excavator for Ooh. cash. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. 
This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. You're damn right. <laughs> Bank heists. Yeah, you got my interest. Go on. I can't on. stop, won't stop. I'm on a bit of a tear here. You gotta love them. What do you God, have against banks? Everything. You're like, heist that one. <laughs> Get them. Sick them. Uh, I've taken you to England and New York with this. Yep. Uh, you've done France and Greece, I yes, believe. Yes, true. Uh, now we're headed to sunny Los Angeles, California. Ooh. Do you know where that is? Uh, it's south of here, right? Yes. I used to live there. Yeah, I, I, I should be able to find it on a map. Well, for a while there, and that may be when you were living there, yes. L.A. was called the bank robbery capital of the world. Yes, it was. Yeah. In the late 90s, it was the thing. There, well, all the way back to the 70s. Oh, there's, sure, yeah. There's a book about it. It's called Where the Money Is, mm-hmm. which we all know where that phrase comes from. Yes. True Tales from the Bank Robbery Capital of the World. Mm-hmm. It's by Gordon Dillo, who's a veteran newspaper crime reporter out of Orange County, mm-hmm. California. Orange County Register? Probably. Okay. And William Rader, who was a retired 33-year veteran of the FBI yes. uh, based out of L.A. Yes. So Rader, he was once described by CBS News as America's secret weapon in the war against bank robbers. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you some of the ones he's worked. Yeah. Uh, there was once a Canadian bank robbery crew. Okay. That's a terrible limerick. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to write. I, I think this was in the 70s, but don't quote me on that. Yes. So these Canadians, they came down to L.A. to try their hand at good old American bank robins. Oh, I like it. Ambition. Man, they were good. Oh, really? Listen, so they selected a bank in Hollywood, mm-hmm. uh, which to those not from California, I think Hollywood is seen as like purely TV and movies and celebrities and palm trees. Mm-hmm. It's a company town, you know, sure, but yes. it's not the way that people think it is. No, no. No. It's a lot more aimed at tourists at this point. Yeah. So Hollywood Bank. The Canadians come up with the perfect plan. They got themselves construction uniforms and equipment. Smart. They got a truck. Like they got it. a lot of fake paperwork, like Good. work orders and yeah, stuff like that. Totally. They showed up at the bank and they said that they were there to build the addition. We're here to build the addition. What addition? Bank manager says, this one. And then they show all the paperwork. They got blueprints. They got work orders. And they're like, you know, come on, we're on the clock here. Everything looks super official. The main office, you know, always pulling this kind of thing, not telling the people at the branch what the hoopla is going on. Okay. So like, yeah, sure. Go ahead and get started, the manager tells the crew. Wait, so he just Michael Scott's and be like, oh, yeah, this is totally, totally fine. fine. No, yeah. I'm not going to call it like normal corporate. It doesn't want to be looked at like, you know, like, maybe I'm not I in missed, charge. Yeah, yeah, maybe like I, I missed the memo. Exactly. I don't want to get in trouble for that. Oh, my God. I love this. So they, they get all set Him up. In and nature. They go to, exactly. They go to work. Uh, they use their work as cover for the fact that they were blasting a hole in the wall of the vault. <laughs> it, I have such a hard time think, thinking that the people at the bank weren't suspicious. Yeah, like the ones who aren't the manager. Yeah, they're yeah. thinking like, mm-hmm. oh my god, how's this? Anyway, you know that there had to be one special investigator busybody at work. Oh yeah, like I mean, the Jim would, and Pam of this well, uh, war you're office. You're really tying this into the office. I'm trying work. to. I'm trying to do something you don't know. TV. <laughs> I'm just going to keep tying. It. Well, I think I would have been if I worked there. Yes. I would have been the one busybody. No, for sure, hundred percent, hundred percent. Who told everyone they think it's hinky? Like, don't yes. you think this is weird? But no one listened apparently. And then you know, it get, like if I'm there, it gets all exposed, and then I feel vindicated. And no one cares. No one <laughs> listens to Elizabeth. They would bemoan. Let's say their name is Elizabeth, whatever, the bank. So the Canadians, they get into the vault, they empty it out, and then they're gone. How are they getting the money out? Did we know about that? Just put it in the truck. Oh, I was just wondering if they had like a whole plan of like moving out in construction bags or like black trash bags or something. Yeah, well, so they make it to the safe house. Stuff with drywall and stuff. They go through their take at the safe house. It's amazing. Okay. So much stuff. But they needed to get rid of the evidence. Like if the cops figured out where the safe house was, they'd be toast. Sure. They would be cooked. 
they'd be in the heat. They'd be baked. Yeah. So they use gasoline to wipe down the surfaces and destroy their fingerprints. Huh. And then the fumes from the gasoline met the pilot light. Yeah, that's not a good cleaner. And the rest was history. Terrible cleaner. Kablamo. Yeah. (laughs) They all wound up in the hospital. Just takes vapors, too. Totally. It's not even... Totally. The liquid doesn't have to touch. I think it's lucky that they only went to the hospital. Oh, yes. But from there, they went to jail. (laughs) That happens. That happens. So, yeah. Being chained to your hospital bed or, like, you know, like handcuffed to your hospital bed... Oh, can you imagine as a burn victim? That's gotta be the worst. Yeah, as a burn victim. (laughs) Uh, So then here's another crew that he was dealing with. All right. A group of yaks. Yaks? Do you know what that means? A yak? A yak. Uh, it's not jumping. Yards after the catch? Yeah. Jerry Rice? <laughs> Thank you, Producer Dave. Are we talking like really good hands? We're talking Yugoslavia, Albania, Croatia, Serbia. Oh, I've never heard that Eastern for them. Eastern European heist crew. Yeah, the yaks. The yaks. So, so like the, the the instead of calling them Slavs or the former Yugoslavian nations, they're just, they've shortened it down yaks. to yaks. I got to so, remember that, that. We've talked about them on this show before. So I'm welcome throw back, that fellas. to my Serbian friend. Yeah, ask him if he's down How with the yaks. How are your yaks? So this particular crew was from the East Coast, and they became known here on the West Coast as the Batman and Robin Bandits. Oh, yes. I have remembered these. More Batman. Mm-hmm. Oof la la. Okay, so <laughs> why did they get that name? They would climb up on the roof, cut a hole in the roof. Yes. Drop through said roof on ropes. That's the Batman Utility part. belt style. Yeah. And then they'd force the employees to open the vault. Holy cow, put your hands up. Totally. And they're all kitted out. Black pants, black shirts, mm-hmm. black balaclavas, black gloves. The boy's a time bomb. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> bat belt. <laughs> so, but about those balaclavas, apparently they left one behind on their way out. Mm-hmm. And uh, it had saliva inside. They were just drooling over all that money. Uh, detectives thought that they knew who it could be based on the M.O., so they tracked the dudes. And a cop followed one of them to a McDonald's where he was able to retrieve a straw that the guy had used. Oh, uh, he wow. tossed it in the trash. They matched it to the ski mask. Mm-hmm. Busted. Boom, busted. One down. Now, these guys, though, they were nothing. Nothing compared to the Hole in the Ground gang. Oh, I love the name. Rootin' tootin' Hole in the Ground gang. A ragtag crew of lawless gophers. <laughs> so... <laughs> Hold on a second. Yes. You like that show Bosch, right? Yeah, I love that yeah, show Bosch. Yeah, so it stars Titus Welliver as a veteran L.A. detective, Harry Bosch. And there's now Bosch Legacy, which follows. Yeah, exactly. Love and and it's short for Hieronymus. Hieronymus, Hieronymus Bosch. Bosch, yeah. Uh, the show is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic. It's based on a series of books by Michael Connolly. You like him, right? I love him. I love, love, love the series. There are 24 Harry Bosch novels. And, you know, Connolly also created The Lincoln Lawyer. Oh, yeah. That's him, too. But the Bosch novels are great. I highly recommend them. Michael Connolly was a journalist covering the crime beat at the L.A. Times. Like, big stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, It gave him this intimate understanding of L.A. and the Southland, Mm -hmm. which comes across in the books and the show. He's an executive producer on the show. Um, And he was exposed to a variety of crimes and criminals in L.A. So in the books, Harry Bosch is a military veteran. He is on the show, too, but he's a Gulf War vet on the show. In the books, he's a Vietnam vet. He's an older cat. Yeah. yeah. And so his job in Nam was Tunnel Rat. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's someone who performs search and destroy missions uh, in Vietnam. What's he seeking and destroying? The vast network of underground tunnels used by the Viet Cong. Mm-hmm. These guys were combat engineers and infantrymen. Uh, their motto was non gratum honus rodentum. Not worth a rat's ass. I was about to say, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, these guys had to go into the tunnels, gather intelligence, kill or capture the combatants they found there, then destroy the tunnels. Hmm. 
And it's, a rough, it's a rough business. It's super rough. All they carried was a standard pistol or a revolver, mm-hmm. a bayonet, yeah. a flashlight, and some explosives. And usually the bayonet's like in their teeth, kind of like it's yeah, up front where exactly, you can use it. Because they don't have a whole lot of no, room. No, you're in a tunnel. Yeah. And the danger wasn't just the Viet Cong. Like you're saying, it's the tunnel itself. Uh-huh. Um, they weren't always structurally sound. No, no. They were booby traps. Yeah. Some of those traps included poisonous snakes. Oh, no. I knew that would get you. I knew that would get you. Uh, So these guys were mostly Ah. five foot five and under. Yeah, that's the whole point. Uh, But I don't think the Bosch character is written to be that height. But anyway, yeah. He's just real thin. He's just real thin. Fine boned. Yeah. (laughs) So the shorter troops, they could move around easier in the tunnels. Um, Those tunnel rats were exposed to a lot of chemicals. Oh, I bet. And thought about that. All the Agent Orange and Uh, stuff. Well, yeah. After the war, they had a higher level of Agent Orange damage than anybody else. Hmm. Yeah, because they're um, right where it's soaking in. Exactly. So Agent Orange, I'm going to pretend you don't know. Okay, please. Is a very powerful herbicide and defoliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of the many horrors unleashed yes. in this war. So the U.S. dumped it on the jungles to try and thin out the tree canopy and undergrowth that the Viet Cong used as cover. Mm-hmm. And they also wanted to destroy food crops. Mm-hmm. So we sprayed 20 million gallons of various defoliants on Vietnam, Laos, uh, and Cambodia during Operation Ranch Hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they dropped it from helicopters and planes, boats and trucks. They had it in backpacks. Yep, and guys walking around spraying in fields. Um, but wait, Elizabeth, yes. isn't this a pretty clear violation of the Geneva Convention? That's a great question, Zarin. Go ahead. Yeah, that's what the UN thought. <laughs> but the U.S. argued that Agent Orange was not a chemical or a biological weapon. Uh, not a chemical weapon okay. or a biological weapon. Uh-huh. Um, it's an herbicide, defoliant. It's supposed to destroy plants, not people. They said it didn't qualify as a biological weapon because it wasn't a weapon at all. Yeah. How is this a weapon? It just kills plants. (laughs) Well, we know better. Yes. Agent Orange impacts are still felt to this day. Aside from the initial chemical burns, it caused multiple forms of cancers, Mm -hmm. tons of uh, birth defects. Anything sprayed like that is going to wind up, like you were saying, in the ground and the water table, which is exactly where the tunnel rats were. So they got done super dirty by their own country. Uh, It wasn't just the Agent Orange that they had to contend with. Um, Many suffered severe psychological damage from spending so much time in a narrow space. That's so far underground, trying to kill other human beings while trying not to be killed. And living in like a hyper state of I'm about to die at every moment. I mean, like your pupils are all dilated. Your body's just so tense. Yeah. So Vietnam tunnel rats were made of tough stuff. Mm -hmm. And that concludes today's episode. Thank you. That was very interesting. It was a look at the ridiculously (laughs) heinous crimes against humanity of Henry Kissinger. (laughs) The end. No. No, I've only just begun. Not with Kissinger, but with ridiculous crime. So um, all of this is going to make sense after this commercial break. We'll be right back. All right. rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. 
For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. That's simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Zarin. Yo, Elizabeth. You missed some really good ads. I was over here thinking about Agent Orange, the band. The band. <laughs> we love ads. They're so good. They are good. Um, Aren't they? Just sweet, sweet They're ads. so good. That's what I say. <laughs> I used to hate read this weekly uh, recipe column where yeah. the lady would give, like, the gnarliest recipes involving lots of canned goods or, like, boxed cake mix. Okay. And she'd always describe them this as— This was in the South, wasn't it? Yeah. She'd always describe them as so good. Like, all these O's. <laughs> lots of O's. And would, would some be capitalized? Like, no. Oh. Just so— Listener, they were not good. <laughs> so good. Anyway, um, I was talking about L.A. Bank Heist. Yes, And then were. I got sidetracked on Michael Connolly and Detective Harry Bosch in, in Vietnam. Vietnam. Tunnel, and tunnel rats, rats, yeah. But it wasn't a sidetrack. Really? It was a foundation. Ooh, bring support. it back. I am building this tale like a mead-drunk medieval cathedral stonemason. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I am. <laughs> so Harry Bosch, I can't, again, I can't state enough how good the books are. Uh, the writing gets better, too, with each book. Plots are excellent. Nine out of four stars. I told you <laughs> that the Harry Bosch character in the novels was a Vietnam tunnel rat. Yes, you did. Yes, I did. How did Michael Connolly get this idea, you're wondering? He was a tunnel rat? No. When he was a crime reporter at the LA Times, he covered a case involving tunnels. Oh. And so he used part of that information for his first novel, The Black Echo. Okay. That came out in 1992. In the book, Bosch is called out to a homicide. There's a body in a drain pipe at Mulholland Dam. Mm -hmm. And the guy is a fellow tunnel rat, another veteran. Um, they had actually fought side by side. The story winds up taking Bosch into a set of underground tunnels that were used for a bank heist. In the show, they use the same tunnels, but it's used by a serial killer. I don't oh, know if you remember okay, that. Yeah. The creepy guy. Uh -huh. Obviously, he's a serial Anyway, um, but again, we're talking about the books here. So when the book came out, a critic said that part of the book required too much suspension of disbelief. That part being the, the tunnels. tunnels. Uh -huh. And Connolly, he gets quoted as saying that the critic said it was, quote, too far-fetched when, in fact, it was the only part of my novel that was based on fact. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes. So, the tunnel bank heist. A seriously compelling story, especially when you fold in all the details. I can see why, you know, Connolly couldn't resist it. Uh, Connolly couldn't resist it. Neither can I. So let's get heistings in. Please. Join me. I'm here for it. Los Angeles. Yeah, uh, City of Angels. You lived there for quite a while before I did. upgrading and moving to Oakland. <laughs> yes, before I got my head right. Yes. 
Did you ever rob any banks there? No, I never got around to it. Everybody was telling me this is the thing everybody does down there. They're like, you got to try it. Like, here's a gun. I was like, no, I'm not into it. They're like, well, what, here's a mask. I was like, no, really, I don't want to do it. They're like, but just try it before you go. I hear you're moving. I was like, no, I think I'm just going to leave. So I yeah. never got to it. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's a shame because <laughs> yes. you really could have filled some in there. Uh, people, they rob banks in L.A. because yeah. a lot of the banks are located right by the freeway. And there's freeways everywhere. Everywhere. So it's easy egress. You and just hit it and run. In the valley, you got these big, wide streets that are pretty much like freeways. Yeah, that's true, too. So in the 80s, a bank was robbed every hour of every banking day in Los Angeles, or so they say. That was the average, yeah. And then, and by they, they say it, I mean someone said it. <laughs> by 1992, the number had jumped to a bank being robbed every 45 minutes of every banking day. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's a whole lot of banks. <laughs> Uh, the robbers, I want to tell you about, though, they didn't use freeways. They went underground. Oh. That's you know, the tunnel some, talk. Some of the people who worked in banks, they were like uh, the flight attendants in the 70s. They would have their bank be hit multiple times. Like how the flight attendants would have their plane get yeah, hijacked multiple yeah, times. Yeah. They're like, I just had this happen. There's oh stories of like bank people going like, I got to quit. This is the third time I've been robbed this week. You know, it got bad. <laughs> Amazing. <Yeah. laughs> Could you imagine? No, like, oh, I God, not. Like again? Another gun in my face? Yeah. God damn it. Ugh. Well, so in June 1986, employees of First Interstate Bank reported strange activity. Mm. Ooh. It's a two-story brick building, the corner of Spalding and Sunset. Okay. And the, right the bank vault's alarm was just going off randomly during the day. And so there's no signs of break-ins. Nothing's amiss. They go poking around. Everything's where it's supposed to be. So the bank and the security folks just figured it was some sort of glitch in the system. Okay. They, they heard noises, weird scratching, grinding sounds. Hmm. And so the manager, like, walked all over the bank trying to get a read on the source but couldn't figure out where it was coming from. Um, everyone figured it was likely coming from the construction across the street because they were putting up a new building. So there's lots of noise and dust and sort of mild chaos. Let's talk about their bank vault. Yeah. You ready for some specifics? Please. You're going to write this down? It's Let so me get good. my pad. Yeah. Get some graph paper. <laughs> so it has 12-inch thick walls, this bank vault. That's thick. And an 18-inch thick floor. It's a thick floor. Thick floor. <laughs> and the door <laughs> Double was... C thick floor. <laughs> thick, thick, thick. Uh, the door was three and a half inches of steel okay. with a copper inside to diffuse the heat of a blowtorch oh, if someone smart. wanted to get in. Wow. Right? Huh. Um, the door alone cost $15,000. And just kind of like here at headquarters yeah. with our door. The doors are 12, but yeah. <laughs> this placement business. It was a class one commercial vault, to be exact. Okay. So this comes from the measurement of time it would take to breach the doors. That's the class ranking? Yeah. So for oh. a class one, it's one hour. <laughs> That's one hour. How long to breach the doors is how you <laughs> rank them. That's how you rank them. <laughs> Not the materials involved. No, no. How nope. long is this going to take? How long does it take for thieves to ruin this? Exactly. And so there were sensors all over. They were for sound, for heat. Okay. And there was, of course, a time lock. Oh, right. This is sort of the standard for bank vaults. So the manager sets the lock at closing and sets an opening timer for when they'll be back in to prep for mm -hmm. opening. If something happens between locking the vault and the scheduled opening, tough luck. Can't You can't you get can't, in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can't even override it. It just is. So there's another kind of vault that instead of a time lock requires two separate keys or passcodes to okay. enter. Like a nuclear sub or something. Yeah. Generally, the bank manager and another employee will have the codes, and then they'll open the vault door in sync. Okay. And that allows for off-hours emergency entry, which hmm. seems smarter to it me. It does seem smarter. But this particular bank, First Interstate in Hollywood, had the time lock. Yeah, West Hollywood. Yeah. So the sensors continue to go off. Alarm mm -hmm. going off. The grinding sound started back up. 
And the security guys told the bank manager that the sound that they heard was probably a rat. Like a big ass rat. <laughs> big, <laughs> big rat. A hungry, hungry rat. <laughs> so then one day the With power braces. Yeah. <laughs> one day the power just shuts off. Okay. And the phones too. That damn rat. And then they get everything back up again, but it's just really starting to get on everyone's nerves. <laughs> I bet. You know, the constant and the constant. Um, on the evening of Friday, June 6th, the bank alarm went off after hours and the police arrived. They did a perimeter check. They looked inside. Everything was in its right place. Just another false alarm. Zarin, yeah. close your eyes. Oh, yeah. My eyes are closed. I want you to picture it. It's Saturday, June 7th, 1986. You are an assistant bank manager at First Interstate Bank. You're climbing the corporate ladder, or at least trying. As such, you're working over the weekend. You just want to get some work done in the blessed silence of the empty bank. As you're shuffling through some loan forms, looking for one in particular, you hear a buzz and a pop. It sounds like some sort of electrical short. You stop what you're doing and listen. Nothing. Then suddenly the bank's Muzak system churns to life. Easy listening reverberates through the empty building. While this is a nice, pleasant sound most of the time, without the chatter of customers and the sound of cash drawers opening and closing, it is creepy as all get out. You lift the receiver on the phone. Whew, still working. You push the direct dial button for security. You tell them about the electrical sound and the music. Just then the vault alarm sounds. It's a Saturday and the vault is locked until Monday morning, so you can't go and open it up and check. But you've all checked each time it's gone off in the last couple of weeks, and nothing. Why would this time be any different? You hear the squawk of security's walkie-talkies coming into the lobby. They uh, tell you that they've walked the perimeter, and they're now checking the inside of the bank, but it looks to be a false alarm. Just then, the music shuts off, and everything is silent once again. Not even the grinding sound. You tell the security guys that maybe the rat chewing on the walls electrocuted itself, and all this will be over. <laughs> they chuckle, and they tell you that you'll know when you smell it. And with that, you put your papers away and you head home. With one last look at the lobby, you slip out the side employee entrance and head back to your condo and your cats and your lean cuisine and the telescope that looks into the window of your hunky neighbor, Ralph. <laughs> sweet, sweet lean cuisine and Ralph. <laughs> so come Monday morning, bank employees arrived and opened the vault to welcome a new day of commerce. And what they found might surprise you, Zarin. What did they find? It was a hole in the floor. It was a hole that was 20 inches by 25 inches, to be precise. Oh, nice. Just enough for a man to slip through. Uh -huh. Or like a few men, one yeah. at a time. Or mm -hmm. like men tied together like a rope. Yes, just rope know. men. I'm just spitballing Pulling here. them out like there's been a fire and <laughs> yes. you need to get out of the yes, building. Yes, they just lashed themselves together. Uh, $172,000 in cash was gone. Nice. Of the 114 safe deposit boxes in the vault... 74 were empty. Huh, okay. And of those 74, only 36 reported losses. <laughs> so <laughs> it's always we it could this. be that because people like just genuinely didn't have anything in there, uh -huh. but I'm not so sure. <laughs> yeah. So what was in the 36 boxes? <laughs> okay, please. Let's gold stick to the legit ones. Gold and silver, of course. Naturally. Jewelry, of course. Naturally. Persian artifacts. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Now we're talking. Yes. An 1855 first edition of Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass. Huh. The box contains multitudes. <laughs> a sketch by Henri Matisse. Oh, wow. Yeah. And some gold coins and cash belonging to none other than Joe Jackson, father of Tito. No way. And Michael and Janet wow. and the others. Jermaine, LaToya. Yeah. I think I'm missing some. You are, Whatever. but it's all right. Uh, so, yeah. The Jackson family, <laughs> coins and cash. Um, the box holders would eventually be paid out two and a half million dollars. 
Um, but some of the stuff in there was priceless. I bet. I'm guessing especially the stuff that didn't get claimed. I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah. So the robbers were not good at opening the boxes. Apparently not. They clumsily pried them open, and that prevented them from accessing the boxes directly around them. I was wondering, yeah, okay. So they just peeled out, so you can't get above blow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it looks like they missed out on probably what would have been an even crazier score if they could open all 114. Because oh, yeah, they had the time over the weekend. Yeah, they had plenty of time. Yeah. As it was, though, that $2.5 million plus the cash was the biggest bank robbery in Hollywood history. Really? Yeah. That's huh. a lot of money. So when a bank gets robbed, the FBI is automatically called in. Yeah. And that's what happened here, obvies. Um The Wilshire office came running up. Came running over. But the FBI handles primarily bank robberies of force. Yeah, with a gun and all that. Right. Yeah. The little put your hands up, nobody moves, nobody uh-huh. get ert type thing. <laughs> um, I'm a bad man. He's a bad Soon come, Rasta. The feds uh, had never seen anything like this. No. The robbers had tunneled under the bank and come up in through the floor of the vault. So they called the bad boys. Wait, like the Will Smith and Martin Lawrence movie? The boys of bad. That's right. LAPD's burglary auto theft division. Oh. B-A-D. They ignore the T in theft, I guess. Okay. But they call themselves bad. Burglary, auto theft, division. <laughs> so these guys are 15 hard-boiled elite detectives. Yeah. And they're kind of like the non-murder flying squad. Okay. You know, because cool. they, they don't have a specific um, precinct that they're assigned to. They they float and they okay. just handle all the big stuff. Uh, they only took big cases. Stuff where a lot of money was at stake, maybe celebrities involved. That so they're like the anti-Ramparts division. They do actual policing. They do actual. They're bad, but like yeah, in a good way. In a good way. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so um, it was the bad boys, the boys of bad, who dared peek into that hole in the floor of the vault. And then Double Dog dared to crawl on down. Oh, yeah. Do you imagine? Tunnel ratted up. Yeah. When we come back from this break, I'll let you know what they found down there. That uh, was it Bosch? Yeah. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Zip. 
Zarin. Yes, Elizabeth. When we left off, <laughs> yes. LAPD's elite bad boys, uh-huh. the hard bodies of burglary, <laughs> yes. they were about to climb down into the tunnel under the first interstate bank. In, in their string bikinis and their leg warmers? All greased up in oh, those hard Hollywood, bodies are well, crazy. It's Hollywood, California. What are you going to do? You, you got to live up to the reputation. Exactly. The tunnel was disgusting, Zarin. I bet it was. Uh, not because of anything specific that the robbers did. Oh, I was thinking it hit the sewer line it's or something. The, well, no, it's the very nature of the tunnel itself. It oh. led to the outdoor sewer lines. Oh, yeah. There so you go. those tunnels. So it's not toilet sewage, but storm Rainwater, stuff. runoff. Yeah. yeah, it's still pretty but gross. It's not pleasant. There's a lot no. of muck and filth. Well, you got decomposing organic matter, yeah. leaves and stick and dog Dirt, poop. Yeah, yeah. And then all that causes little pockets of methane to uh-huh. accumulate. And there's also the litter that horrible people dropped on the street. So... Think of all that. And then oil, car oil seals over yes. things. So, so you get these areas and of And other chemicals that people are just, oh, just throw it in the gutter. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, popsicle sticks. Give a I'm hoot, guys. I'm just telling you. Just so many popsicle sticks. <laughs> just thick with them. Um, and then muddy water. Yeah. Snow no bueno. None. No None bueno. So, so the detectives, they hunched over and they followed the dirt tunnel dug by the criminals. It wasn't particularly wide or tall and there were no structural supports in there, just bare walls. Oh, wow. But they had done them in like an archway. Okay, that's smart. So that so it was that way, stronger. Yeah. yeah. You want Still all your really downforce to go spreading. Exactly. But dangerous. Sure. Um, as the bad squad walked in the tunnels, they found small tools scattered around. Why would they leave their tunnels? I don't know. I mean, sandbags and even some tire tracks where the tunnel got larger. Huh. And so they saw the skid marks on the ground beneath the floor of the vault. And that's where they had set up an industrial boring drum and tapped into the grid, the bank's power system. Wow. And that's what was causing all the shorts. The grinding in the shorts. But the skids on the ground were from this enormous heavy tool that shimmied really badly because it wasn't on this level surface. Uh-huh. So they didn't set it They're up properly. They're not collapse. Well, yeah. And the thing is, is that like they could, the detectives could tell that the crooks gave up on the borer because it just was sliding mm-hmm. around. And then they did the rest themselves. That's probably the hand. better way. I, I mean, think honestly. So. so they figured the heist was originally supposed to take place uh, the weekend before over the three-day Memorial Holiday weekend. If it's good enough for the undermining Turks, you know, back in the castle <laughs> yes. era, that's <laughs> how un- I'm doing undermine. it. To undermine. Exactly. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if they, they were supposed to do it over Memorial Day, that would have bought them an extra day. Totally. But the large tools all failed. And so they had to do all this stuff by hand. And that slowed them down. But what of the tire tracks? Yeah, would they just back an F-150 in there? Like, just get this Ford in there. We'll take care of that. Uh, they came from ATVs. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. So based upon the evidence found, it looked like these guys had used gas-powered generators, mm-hmm. digging equipment, this diamond-studded drill, hammer drills, power saws. They had all this heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, and they could tell that a lot, not because they found the tools, but they saw the marks The chiseling marks and the tool marks. Yeah, yeah. They also left scores of empty styrofoam coffee cups behind. Oh. Just, you know, huh. burning the old midnight oil there. Yeah. Um, so they got into the system at Hollywood Boulevard and Nichols Canyon. Drive. Okay. There's an entrance like a culvert. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was there that they lowered the ATVs into the sewer system and they likely used manhole covers to navigate their way to the perfect place on Spalding, yeah. just under the bank. So they're in the large tunnels for the, you know, uh, drainage, the sure. sewer drainage. Um, and they like mark, mark, mark. They figure, okay, it's between this and this. And then that's where they cut into the big cement tunnel. And started digging their 
tunnel oh, in the dirt. And then when they would leave at night, they would um, they had a, a plywood that they had put mortar over so it looked like it looked cement like, and yeah. they'd prop it up. That's brilliant. Yeah. So the tunnel that they made in the dirt was three and a half feet by four and a half feet. Okay. Uh, and all the experts who were later called in to examine the scene said that it was done really, really well. It was super precise. It was super clean. clean. Okay. The bank vault itself, not so much. So they were expert diggers, but not expert burglars. Yes, interesting. Yeah. And so bad, they led a search of the tunnels in a three-mile radius from the vault. They figured the guys had to have removed about 3,000 cubic feet of dirt to Mm -hmm. dig the tunnel. Um, And that's 1,500 wheelbarrow trips. Damn. Right? 1,500. I have wheelbarrow dirt. That's not fun. Uh-uh. No, so they're just looking for their dirt pile, basically? Well, they they're trying to figure out any, forensic any, evidence? any evidence that they may have left. They figured that these guys worked on the whole operation for at least a month to six weeks leading up to this. I would guess, yeah. Yeah. And the way they got rid of the dirt was really smart. They would dam up the sewer drain above where they were working, and that that's what all the sandbags were for. And then at the end of the day, they'd quickly pull aside the sandbags and let the built-up water wash away the dirt and clear the path. Huh. So they were like, you know, that's shovel really it out just into, into the silt. big... Yeah, exactly. Huh. And there was like a huge mud flow further down, yeah, totally. but like it you, kept it clear for them. That's brilliant. The whole thing was amazing. So the police and public works, they filled up the dirt tunnels with concrete and shut them down for good. Okay. So they can't come There's back. a ton of those tunnels in the Hollywood Hills. Oh, yeah. but the And so they you have all these big tunnels and then they're doing all sorts of little mm-hmm. like anthill like stuff. finger stuff. Yeah. yeah. So tips poured in. Everyone had a theory. Some said that it had to be city employees, someone from public works, to know the system so well. Um, Others said it was construction workers, people with experience and then access to all that machinery. There were those who wondered if they'd actually been targeting a specific box and they did a crappy job with the rest just to throw everyone off, which Hmm. I think is interesting. That's an interesting theory. Um, And then there's my favorite theory. So it's like the British robbery where they were going specifically. Yes, exactly. Uh, My favorite theory, Vietnam vets, tunnel rats. Yes. That's... Tunnel rats who wanted the adrenaline of a score. Hmm. And that's also Michael Connolly's favorite theory on this, too. And he obviously covered this when it was happening yes. as a crime. Re- so he has a good reason to build that theory. Exactly. And he latched onto it. And that's what, like I said, it became compelling to him. Mm-hmm. And then he built a story. I mean, it, it may not have any truth to it. Sure. But I mean, it's I think it's a workable theory on this. Um, you know, when you look at the time of it and everything. Lieutenant Doug Collison of the Special Burglary Unit said the tunnelers, quote, would have had to require some knowledge of soil composition and technical engineering. The way the shaft itself was constructed, it was obviously well-researched and extremely sophisticated. This was no wormhole or anything. Yeah, and like we kind of saying, digging a tunnel, digging a hole into the earth is not something you want to do as an amateur. But if you know what you're doing, it can be very safe. You can feel very comfortable doing it. It sounds like they did. So it seems to suggest that they had a lot of experience or some experience as tunnelers. Yeah, and I think that the public works one is a good theory just because they know it so well that the layout of it, the construction's good because of the tool access, but Mm -hmm. to be able to operate in that small tunnel for a long period of time makes me lean toward the tunnel rat. Yeah, also I think in the military because of the the, the the necessary operational aspect of it. Yeah. And I've worked... And the discipline to it. Exactly. And I've worked with some of the public works people from L.A. when I was a house painter. And let me just say, I, I would be surprised if you could find a crew <laughs> of them who could do an operation for a number of weeks. No offense, public works. No, no, I'm not... No, they were just much more individualistic yes, in some of exactly. the teamwork that I was used to as a house painter. Like, we exactly. had crews and they were like, well, I do this and Bob does that. And I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, it's really interesting. It was. So, okay. So, we're thinking it's the vets. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they had all these tips, sometimes to very specific people, 
nothing panned out. You know, they went and interviewed him. There was one guy who uh, had moved to Vegas and he was sort of like peripheral to the underworld. Sure. And his girlfriend had a box at the bank. Uh-huh. Um, and someone had called in a tip that that's how like she went in to scope it out and blah, blah, blah. But there was absolutely no connection. Yeah, that seems there. like a tenuous story. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then there was a development. Oh, yes. Saturday, August 22nd, 1987. Okay. The alarm went off at a Bank of America on the corner of Pico and La Cienega. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So First Interstate um, had that time lock on the vault. Mm -hmm. Bank of America did not. They wanted to access the vault anytime they damn well pleased. (laughs) They had the two-party entry system. So when the alarm went off on a Saturday, the bank manager, another employee, and security guards all stopped in to check the vault. Mm -hmm. They popped it open, and they heard people escaping through the tunnel below the vault floor. They caught them in the act. Oh, wow. Yes. And so um, there was another tunnel system, this one just as vast and well-constructed as the last. Uh-huh. The police arrive, and then they gave chase, but the thieves were long gone. The Pico system, yeah, that right there, like Pico, Robertson, those those blocks, there are tunnels that they, they totally can be connected to. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, and they picked up the La Cienega line. Yeah, and they'll apparently. go, I think, almost down to Cheviot Hills, which is like to the west miles mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. So it's a big complex. It's a long, yeah, exactly. So obviously this had to be the same guys. Um, John Popovich, a spokesman for First Interstate, stated the obvious, quote, you look at the modus operandi in our burglary and the other one over the weekend, and it would sure seem to be the same, wouldn't it? Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, thanks. Brain genius. Um, <laughs> since this robbery had been interrupted, though, the thieves made off with only $98,000. So they still pulled. They still pulled. I mean, it's those cash carts, man. Like, wow. that's they crack one of those open. Yeah. Um, I mean, almost 100000 isn't bad. No. But when you think about the time. And no die packets. And no die packets. Yeah. When you think about the time and the money, though, that they invested to get it, mm-hmm. it's probably bad, actually. Yeah, like kind of like a job at that point. Yeah. So the tunnel system was also believed to have taken over a month to finish this time around. Mm-hmm. The 60-foot main tunnel was dug from a nearby sewer, and it measured five feet high by eight feet wide. Wow. So they got be- they they also put wooden support beams mm-hmm. in. They're getting better. So they focused on safety and comfort this time, too. <laughs> they weren't just like, let's get in there. We need good lighting. Exactly. I want some track lighting, guys. We... we need some essential oils. Um and at this and this time they had the heavy equipment issue figured out too. Okay. So the hole in the floor of the vault was smooth and perfectly centered. Wow. They figured out how to, you know, how to get the the bit in there. Yeah, how to get their foundation for their drill. Yeah. Uh the spokesman for Bank of America, Ed Haynes, said, quote, You get the impression that they knew where they were at all times. Yeah. So, you know, they had it pretty locked. And you're saying eighty seven, so this definitely fits with your theory that mm-hmm. they could be tunnel rats from yeah, Vietnam. Exactly like, right the, the yeah, right maybe age. Like basically thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years out of their time mm-hmm. in Nam. Probably be, you know, at that point, let's say they're in their mid to late thirties. Yeah. So they need to now to make a score to set themselves up for the yeah. the, the rest or of the or just days. like to get in touch with that or, yeah. and that adrenaline. Or maybe one of them they, just like, hey, yeah, would, one of them comes up with the idea exactly. and recruits. That's what I'm. And the other ones are like, yeah, let's get the, the band back together, yeah, so to speak. Totally, totally. Um, or maybe one of them has like terrible cancer from oh, the Agent and Orange, doing and they're doing it to pay for it. Right, I'm writing the screenplay in my head right now. So when they followed the tunnel, when the cops followed the tunnel out to the culvert off La Cienega, they found an ATV. Oh. Um, the VIN had been filed off, but the bad boys, the boys of bad, yeah. they were hoping that the crime lab could get something off the vehicle somehow, sure. print anything. And they did. They were able to raise the VIN with acid. So the wow. vehicle identification number, they got that, and that led them to an ATV dealer. 
It turned out four ATVs were recently purchased in cash by, quote, white males in their early 30s, slim and muscular, dressed in construction-style clothes, speaking accentless American English. That sure sounds like And our... they said they kind of had, like, close-cropped hair. Yeah, this, yeah. This fits our M.O. And they had a name now. Oh. David Spaulding. Oh. But it was an alias, and it was a joke, because remember, First Interstate was Bank Spalding. was on Spaulding. Yeah. So they realized, okay, this is nothing is true on this one. So that was as close as they got ever to linking anything to an actual person. They never caught these guys. No. Back Good down in the, <laughs> Back down in the new tunnel, the cops made a discovery. A newer tunnel. Uh-huh. They found another set of tunnels about 102 feet long. Damn. And those were completely finished. And those led to Union Federal Savings and Loan Bank on Wilshire in Beverly Hills. <laughs> and there were mounting bolts already in place underneath the vault for the drill. So okay. they had that fully prepped yeah. and ready to go. The cops figured that the Bank of America tunnel and then the third tunnel leading to Union Federal were being made simultaneously. Okay. And that the crew likely wanted to strike with back-to-back heists. Mm-hmm. Uh, an analyst calculated if the double bank hit had happened not, without any interruption or prevention that sure. they'd had, the payday would have totaled anywhere between 10 and $25 million. Damn. Huge. So still, with all this material and what should be evidence, the cops had no real leads. The case went cold. The case was featured on Unsolved Mysteries. Uh-huh. Um, it actually aired a couple of times over the years. And every time it was on, tips would come in, but they were always pretty much the same tips. Um, the statute of limitations for the robberies expired in 1992, uh-huh. the same year Black Echo came out, the <laughs> Michael Connelly book. Um, remember retired FBI agent Raider? Bill Raider? Yeah. Huh? He co-wrote Where the Money Is. Uh-huh. Oh, I've, I've studied his stuff. Yeah. yeah. So he was on the case. He said he has no ill will against the yeah, robbers. Yeah, I like that about that guy. Because he said, look, no one got hurt. No one got killed. Yeah, he usually respects, like, brilliance in crime he, as long as there's no victims. And he, he really also respected the fact that they they, they stopped. Yeah. After that near miss, they they're like, greedy. we're not going to keep doing this yeah. and, and damaging things. He said that since the statute of limitations had expired, he just wanted to buy him a beer and have a conversation <laughs> about their adventures of nearly pulling off what would have almost certainly been the most successful bank heist in history. I got to respect that. Yeah. This is a quote from him. Everybody has their own theory, each probably as good as the next. The one thing that everybody seems to agree on is that they weren't a professional burglary crew. They appeared too suddenly, made too many technical mistakes on the burglary side, Mm -hmm. and then disappeared too completely for the professional criminal scenario to fit. Hmm. The working theory on the hole in the ground gang is that they were regular guys who simply got a wild hair up to do a bank heist or three bank heists, and then melted back into the straight world, never to be heard from again. And to never betray each other. Yeah. There's a really great path in in his section, um, in his book, the section on the hole in the ground gang. There's a really great passage at the end where he's like, in his mind, he's spitballing his own screenplay Mm -hmm. of like the scenario that gets them there and these guys. And there's one, you know. And it's really beautifully written. I mean, he had like a co-writer on this. You know, this is but Connolly you're talking about? No, this is oh, Raider, Raider. Oh, yeah. and then his okay. his journalist co-writer. But mm-hmm. it's it's really nicely done. It's a great book just I in like general. Stuff, yeah. yeah, so I, I recommend that as well as Michael Connolly books. I think we should just come up with an ending for these guys and just write our own screenplay. Let's do it. Right? Let's just, do it. Yeah, Why not? Ridiculous Crime Films. Why not? Oh, my God. Ridiculous Crime Film Studio. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, so what's your ridiculous takeaway, aside from the fact that we need to branch out and start a film studio? That I'm flagrantly rooting for these criminals in this case. Right? It's kind of ridiculous how unguarded I am about that. I know, because I, am... <laughs> I like Raider. I got to just respect yeah. them. Like they, they, once again, they didn't hurt anybody. They 
they weren't serious. It wasn't like they were, you know, like robbing nonprofits. They were mm-hmm. robbing banks. They were they have like, you know, insurance. They're t- it's all pretty much taken care of. There's really no, there's obviously a victim somehow, I guess, if you want to look well, at it in abstraction. Ones, but the only ones that I really you can feel, just appreciate. Them. Yeah. I really feel bad for the owner of the Matisse, the leaves of grass sure, that's what and yes. the Persian artifacts. But like everything else is I did forget about that. That's, that's a good point. I love that we like everybody in this. Yes, exactly. I like the cops involved. Yes. I like the bad boys. How rare is it like, like the, the cops FBI and the bad boys? And the bad boys. Like, and the, oh, the, the bad criminals. boys and the bad criminals, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's – that. I, I'm a big fan of this one. Um, that's it. That's all I have on this. That was a good one. Thank you so much. Uh, you can find us online at RidiculousCrime.com. There's merch there sometimes. Uh, we're also at Ridiculous Crime on Twitter and Instagram and threads, but that's kind of abandoned at this point. Thanks, guys. Um, don't email us at RidiculousCrime at gmail.com. Here's the thing, though. We, <laughs> we read the emails. We just always We do reply. read the emails. We just don't answer the emails yeah. because there are simply too many. Well, yeah, it'd be, it'd it's be a nuts. Whole job. But people do read them, I We promise. appreciate them. We love them. We yeah. read them. There's just, you can't reply. There's just way too and many. And the interns are just like, oh, I can't, I can't be you. I don't, know, like, how, just, I don't know how to read. Why just, are you making me do this? Thank you from Zarin. I don't What's know my numbers. Like, yeah. whatever. Uh, <clears throat> leave a talk back. <laughs> leave a talk back. Uh, it's 30 seconds to do something magical. The that better your message, the more likely we are to play it on the show. That is true. Keep that in mind, yeah. folks. That's all. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zaren Burnett. Produced and edited by Dave Kustin, leader of the Hole in the Sky gang. Research is by bumbling lockpick Marissa Brown and wayward explosives amateur Andrea Song Charpentier. Theme song is by pretty good digger Thomas Lee and accidental electrician Travis Dutton. Host wardrobe is provided by Botany 500. Producers wardrobe provided by Dress Barn. Executive producers are ATV Wrangler Ben Bolin and beginning tunneler Noel Brown. Ridiculous Crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous Crime. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.